1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic close in on the signing of Patrick Clamalla As they along with Rangers head home from Dubai Partick Thistle had a tough weekend But now add Darian McKinnon to their squad And Crawford Allen is Scotland's new head of refereeing operations I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans At last, a bit of movement on the transfer front Patrick Clamalla was still inside Celtic Park The last anybody heard of him Either he's dotting the I's and crossing the T's on his new contract Or else he's waiting for the rain to go off Somebody had better have a word and tell him of a long wait in the city Much longer than he'll get to adapt to Scottish football He might be young He might be inexperienced at the top level But Celtic don't have time for any works in progress Not this time Not this season This is the week, Fraser We start moving to A bit of familiarity With the return of our top flight teams The warm weather training camps Are finishing off They're heading home Not quite back to Premiership duty Because we have the Scottish Cup Which we're all very much Looking forward to Um, But I think everyone's ready For the return of all the teams And to get everything back up And running again Yeah, it's a winter break I think the players enjoy They'll enjoy getting a few weeks off Getting their feet up For a a week before they go To the warm weather training But I think it just kind of Disrupts the season I think it's necessary Because our players play So many games Qualifying at the highest level in, in, in Europe, etc. But uh, it does give us that wee break, and it's been quite quiet on the transfer front. And I think that's uh, we've been chatting about that every single Saturday about Rangers and Celtic in particular, and talking about how it's going to be about quality, not quantity. But uh, Clamalla, he certainly talks a good game. I was reading stuff today, very confident, which is great. I like that. He says he's going to be first choice somewhere, and he's going to come in, he's going to challenge Edward for that position. But we're talking about the Celtic, Celtic needing a striker. To come in He looks like he's going to be the one And perhaps Pretty tonight Or maybe in tomorrow morning Going to put you right on the spot tonight Not only do you not have the top flight to choose from You've yeah. only got 50% of a lower league card to choose from Because uh-huh. the weather had its wicked way Do you have a result of the weekend? It is Monday night after all I'm going for Morton 3 to Fairmont 2 Nice bit of momentum building up now For George Bowie's lot uh, They got that terrific away win at Abroath They followed it up the next weekend by beating Dunfermline Five defeats in a row for Dunfermline They're on a shaky peg But not the mighty ton Fraser Wishart, your result of the weekend? I'm going to go for the other championship game I'm going to go for Dundee United Not only just for the win But it was emphatic It was clear, it was decisive Shanklin scoring goals again And it's a message to anybody that thinks they can challenge Dundee United mm. top of the table They can't That was a fantastic victory 4-1 away from home Okay again, not as many to choose from What about your goal of the weekend? I'm going for Lauren Shanklin's third goal Against Partick Thistle Because... In the weekend where English football celebrated Sergio Aguero getting his 13th hat-trick, thereby surpassing the record held by Alan Shearer, that hat-trick for Lauren Shankland was his eighth in less than two years. Some scorer. I'm going to go for Kevin Nisbet. Mm. I'm going to go for the free kick. It didn't count for much for, for Dunfermline. Consolation. For them, but uh, what a fantastic free kick. And he... Another one who was released Down a league or two And he's beginning to Climb his way back up You never know There might be another Bigger move in it for him But it's a fantastic goal The howler of the weekend Can be many things It can be a sitter In front of goal A goalkeeping error A refereeing mistake Anything else That we've not thought of Outside the box Nothing howled More than the wind And the rain On <laughs> Saturday enough. 
Even a plastic pitch at Alloa was declared unplayable. Mother Nature, give us a break. I'm not sure who either of you two know about the wind on Saturday. I'm sure. Yeah. The howler yeah. was the howler of uh, Andy Logue, our uh, producer, who, when the Dumbarton Clyde game was off, sent me to Stenhouse when we went against <laughs> Breaking for the howling wind. Actually, quite, I, I did quite enjoy it. it you had to, to keep an eye team. on Mark Wilson. We have to make sure he's, he's doing all right. And it was the worst game. On a Saturday. Yeah, you go. You got four goals, which, given your track record, is not too bad at all. Right, so one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need to get in touch tonight. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. And as always at this time of the year If you've been following the show recently We do try and do things a little bit differently During the winter break Try and shine a light on some stories That don't always get the attention they deserve during the season So with that in mind We've got something special up our sleeves after seven And we're going to be asking you For your very first football memory Now I'm looking for serious specifics here Of course, a, you know, a first game or something that, that sticks out, that's obvious But I'm going to dig even deeper Your very first football related memory and that will tie in nicely with our second hour topic, which you'll find out about after the news. In the meantime, let's get stuck in on today's news, if you like, Hugh. Mm. Um, and the obvious one is Celtic closing in on the signing of Patrick Clamalla. The figure being touted is around £3.5 million. Pounds. Mm-hmm. In terms of who he is and what he's going to offer, we're hopefully going to learn a bit more about that on the phone in just a second. But it's the obvious one, isn't it? It's Celtic needed a striker. Neil Lennon said it. Every yeah. Celtic fan said it. It was always going to happen in one shape or another. I'm not sure he's helped by former Celtic strikers of uh, Polish birth describing him as possibly the new Robert Lewandowski. Uh, let him get here. Let him play some games for Celtic and we can all make up our mind on that one. Uh, but as I said in the introduction, Gordon, and I've been deadly serious, Celtic can't have works in progress Not at £3.5 Not the way the league currently stands And not given the situation They find themselves in With Odson Edward uh, Far and away the number one choice They need backup for Odson Edward At the moment Sadly it's not Lee Griffiths uh, Bio I think has been tried And found wanting And now it's Patrick Clamalla he, he simply has to come in and make a contribution At the same time Fraser He was making all the right noises that you would expect About you know doesn't want to, to play second fiddle yeah. and, and wants to be the, the main man But he is Let's be honest being brought in as I don't know if understudy is unfair But he's going to be behind Odson Edward In the pecking order to begin with I think that's yeah. undeniable yeah. So Hugh does make a good point We're very demanding in this part of the world You don't get long to settle in but at least he's not having to come in and, and really carry the, the can on his own at the moment. At the moment, and, and that would be the case if, if Edward picked up an injury and he had to go in for a few games. But uh, yeah, no, I said earlier, I, I like the fact that somebody comes in and says, "Yeah, I'm not here to be to be second choice. I'm here to be first choice." And uh, Edward's a, a terrific striker. At some point, Edward will move on. When that will be, I don't know. But that's the way that happens with, with Celtic. They bring in players, they improve them, and they sell them on for, for profits. And, and, and if Edward continues to keep developing. Within whatever period of time He's going to move on So Clamalla will be Given the chance at some point To be the first choice striker You would think If he can come in and show What he's what he's doing But I think like everybody else Didn't know much about the lad at all I was reading some articles That he was quoted in And I liked his chat He was quite honest about his Saying he knows his strengths He's not suited for a technical game Or dribbling I think he likes to go in behind And use his pace And he's very direct and aggressive He might just be the kind of Different type of striker Celtic are looking for Yeah we do Or I was going to say We hope to have Our Polish football expert On the line Who is going to give us The inside track On Patrick Klamala Tell us exactly um, What he is all about Struggling to get hold of him At the moment So Celtic fans Why not you Get get 
in touch with us and uh, let us know your thoughts. What have you read about him? What have you seen? What are your hopes? Is it a encouraging start to the transfer window? 01419511025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter. You're always looking, Fraser, stylistically, you know, the reports you read extremely quick, yeah. like you said, running in behind, which there are two ways of looking at it. That would be something that Celtic maybe don't have. It will certainly different from Odson Edward, but can also bring its own challenges because teams sit yeah. in against Celtic and yeah. Rangers, and <laughs> it's not always easy to, to find that space in behind. Absolutely, it's a, it's a very good point. I mean, Edward is, is, is for me has got it all. We've seen times when Celtic have been on the break, and he's quick and he's pacey, and he can get in behind and he supports things. But he's also very good. With the ball into his feet and linking the play, he can score goals with his head. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a top, top striker in, in a year or two and playing for a top club. So you're right. But when you're looking at squads of players, Neil Lennon wants something a wee bit different. You know, you want to have an option. You might want to have somebody who, who can just burst, give that wee burst of pace in behind when there's a space there or somebody who can get in a six-yard box and score, score a few goals. We don't know what he's going to be like. I mean, I don't think there'll be anybody, very, very few people listening to the show that will know much about him. But certainly I think for Celtic it's quite an exciting sign Because fans like to see players coming from abroad They like to see players being signed So it's up to the lad now He's got a great chance to come in And, and play for a good team and score a few goals There's only one criterion that, that matters here He's a striker Will he strike? <laughs> because Neil Lennon uh, this morning I read Saying that there's no point in looking too far into the future When Celtic come back Beginning at Partick Thistle On uh, Saturday evening they have to go about their business in a ruthless and efficient fashion. They've won 31 cup ties in a row. They need to make it 32 at Firhill. Then they move on to the league and there is absolutely no margin for error. Every game that they play and five out of the seven that they play immediately after coming back are away from home, they have to be efficient and they have to win and therefore if Patrick Clamalla is to come in then he can't be a work in progress he can't be promising for the future he has to make a contribution now okay what do you make of that signing news this afternoon then 01419511025 and like we say if you'd rather tweets we're more than happy to have you on that platform as well you can find us over at Clyde SSB We've got some Celtic fans already Trying to get the reaction Let's find out a bit more About the player first Because let's be honest Not many of us Will have seen much of him So let's get the Inside track with Christopher Lash Who's a Polish Football expert He's based over in Warsaw Christopher how are you Thanks for joining us uh, I'm good How are you Yep not too bad at all Christopher We've kicked off the show Talking about Patrick Klamala We bow to your Superior knowledge What type of player is he What type of player Can the Celtic fans Expect to get um, he's he's just a very 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 quick striker basically. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's his kind of primary kind of uh, thing that he's got. It's just really really quick. Um, not a bad finisher as well. Uh, but I think that I mean, you, you, if you just sort of do some YouTube <laughs> searching and stuff, you'll see how just he is a very very quick player. Um, and I think that that's uh, you know speed is such a part of the modern game that I think uh, you know he could really be an asset. How would you rate his form at the moment then? He's obviously attracted attention for a reason from Celtic and for other clubs He's still relatively young, he's, he's 21 And he's not had a particularly prolific goal-scoring time of it in, in seasons gone by How would you assess his career to date? Um, it's a weird one He had a bit of um, a... Uh, he went through the Legio youth system Legio Warsaw, sorry, he played against Rangers you know, in the autumn 
uh, he was there, sorry, in the summer. <laughs> uh, he was there for a couple of years, but he had some problems. Uh, I think he was away from home and he couldn't really deal with it that well. Uh, and he sort of got, I'm not sure he got kicked out, but he had to leave. Um, and then he sort of made his way through. Uh, he was went to Jagiellonia Białystok, the team that you're going to tell you're going to sign him from. Um, and he went on loan to a second tier side in Poland. Did pretty well. Uh, then came back to Jagiellonia uh, and uh, had a really bad spring last year. I mean, he was awful. I went to watch some of the games and it, it was it just didn't work at all. Uh, maybe he was used wrongly or maybe he was trying too hard or whatever. Um, he's got a quite big um, ego. He's very ambitious. Uh, and uh, I've even read something just well in October that he said that uh, if he didn't, um, if he had to just keep playing in the Polish top tier, he, he might as well retire. So he's really quite, um, you know, wants to do uh, really well. Um, and then in the autumn, he just sort of, everything just worked. I think that the manager at the time uh, put his arm around him, sort of uh, did extra work with him, tried to, you know, talk, tell him to calm down a little bit and just take it easy. Um, and uh, it worked. And he's, you know, scored a lot of goals. Well, not loads, but but did very well. Um, especially in October and November where he scored a lot of goals in a row, in a lot of games in a row, sorry. And then he also scored, and I think had an assist for the under-21s, the Polish under-21s. So um, it all just sort of moved very quickly. But really in the, in, in the, in the spring, like in February, March, April, he really didn't, ha- he didn't do that well. Is there a feeling in Poland that he can go on to have an impact at international level? He has extremely big boots to fill in Robert Lewandowski, of course, but is there a feeling that, that maybe he can kick on and become that Polish international striker? Um, I think so. I mean, it's, it's always, there's always a chance. I mean, uh, to be honest, the transfers move so quickly in Poland now. I mean, you know, in the space of six months, it's, you know, again, he was considered almost like a failure in the spring, and now suddenly he's, you know, he's going to Celtic. So um, uh, it's 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 a difficult one, but I think that you know he's obviously playing for the under twenty ones. He'll be at Celtic. You know, this is a lot lot bigger profile than you know, even if he went to uh, to, to Legia, the biggest team in Poland. Um, so um, I, I think he, he could. It just it, the problem is is that there's there's too small a sample size really so far. He's only played about forty Polish top tier games. Um, but um, I think he could, you know, again, I think at Celtic with the exposure and if he does well there, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, there's always a possibility. And um, I think that the problem is a lot of journalists are not quite sure, you know, what his level is yet um, because he's played so few games. Christopher. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, go on, sorry. Christopher, if I had brought you into a room at Celtic Park and you were going to be the difference between me spending three and a half million pounds on Patrick Clamalla or not spending three and a half million pounds. I'm not sure I'd buy him, given your assessment. <laughs> not a bad finisher, uh, was a bit of a failure in the spring, etc., etc. I don't know how much attention you pay to our premiership here, but Rangers and Celtic are in a real fight here for the league title. And Celtic need more than... Not a bad finisher They need someone who is temperamentally strong Between now and next May And they need someone Who can come in and make a contribution Christopher Yeah I mean <laughs> You know I think that going to Celtic or Rangers You've got to be You've got to be strong mentally You've got to be able to You know Turn it on and, You know in, I mean obviously You're playing against quite weak rivals So that does help um, But um, I, it, it Look 
look, it's difficult. I can't really say more than that. That you know, he has potential. And he obviously believes in himself. He's got a very big, you know, you know, and I think that will help him. But it, it also might not help him. You know, you never know. Yeah. What about the things that he? What would be the obvious areas for improvement, Christopher? We mentioned just before you came on the phone. Um, sometimes players who like to play in behind might actually. Struggle domestically for Celtic or Rangers Because teams sit in They don't come out They don't leave much room in behind What would be the things that That Patrick Clamalla Would have to improve on In the near future? Yeah, I mean That is obviously A point if teams are going to sit Really deep And I'm sure they do Against Celtic and Rangers That it, you know, it might be A bit of an issue with him Because it's, it's, it is So much of it is about pace I think he's a little bit better Than not bad finisher Maybe I was a bit too Critical <laughs> of him But uh, um, I, I think that Just in general He needs to play more he needs to play more games uh, in the autumn he, he played regularly for Yaga he had a manager who really cared about him gave him you know the love that he needed uh, and believed in him um, I'm not sure if Neil Lennon will do that for him hopefully you know will do but uh, uh, I think he's got pretty good touch I think he's pretty decent at interplay um, but again it's the problem for me is the small sample size I watch him quite a lot but you know you can't you see much him a more bit more. You, you haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. That was Christopher, our Polish football expert, based over there in Warsaw, giving us the inside track on Patrick Klamala. Lots of interesting comments. Let's get some fan reaction from Ricky, who's a Celtic fan from Easterhouse, listening to that. Ricky, and by the way, Christopher knows his stuff. Knows way more than than we do of the player. Um, but it is still one man's opinion. What do you make of what you had to hear, Ricky? Well, I'd phoned up. <laughs> I've read about him in the paper today and I phoned up and I was underwhelmed by the signing. I am even more underwhelmed listening to that gap. Uh, I don't know why. We, we paid £9 million for uh, Edward, who was sort of understudy to a 500 grand man in Dembele. I don't think this guy fits the bill. I think we need to get... We, we, well, there's obviously time between now and the end of the window. But I think we need a, a proven striker. I'm talking about somebody that can put a ball in the net. Somebody that's going to be up and running. I, 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 I agree with Hugh Evans uh, totally. I don't but, think this guy's going to work for us. He might be a, he might be a work I, in progress. I, I, I don't think be, we need be, a work in progress. To be, fair, to be fair, I haven't said he won't work. I simply said to Christopher that if Christopher's assessment was the difference between me spending three and a half million pounds on a player and not spending three and a half million pounds, I'm not sure I would have spent the three and a half million pounds. But until such times as we, all of us, see Patrick Clamalla on a football pitch, then the chat is conjecture. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ricky, surely you have to give the guy a chance. He's not even confirmed as a signing yet. You've not seen any of them at Celtic. Do you not trust the staff who are there and with the job of, of bringing guys in? Well, listen, we've brought in guys before. We've got bio. These, these are the same guys that brought this guy a bio. A You've also bio, brought some good uh, signings uh, in, though. Yeah, of course they have. I, but I, I don't think we need somebody that's maybe going to make it. I think we need somebody that will make it. But that's the that's the problem, Fraser. Because you go back to the market. Unfortunately, where we are in the food chain, we 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 can't do guaranteed success stories for multi million pounds. And in fact, I'm not even sure they exist at any level of the game. But they certainly don't exist at ours. No, I mean three and a half million is is a going rate for somebody who's up and coming and got potential. And this seems to be just listen to everybody. That, that's what Klamala is. And, and and I've said in the show in the last couple of Saturdays that uh, the problem is going to be. You know, even if Celtic were willing to pay big money for a striker, he's going to come and be second choice. So you're going to get somebody to come in 
who's clearly going to be going to be second choice. I mean, this they might sign somebody else. Who knows? They might have plans to sign another striker in this in this transfer window. But uh, you know, I, th- I think Ricky should give the lad a chance. None of us know much about him. We should really give the lad a chance. And let's see what he's got. Ricky in Easterhouse, thank you very much for the call. A fairly downbeat start. Celtic fans, anyone out there feeling a bit more optimistic? Anyone liking what they're hearing or seeing from Patrick Clamalla? Let's hear from you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, and we could be speaking to you after the travel. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Fraser Wishart and Hugh Evans Are here waiting to take your calls We're also on Twitter at Clyde SSB uh, Reflecting on the potential Celtic signing Of Patrick Clamalla Brian Hockey sent in a tweet He says Gordon Robinho cost Man City 30 million He was a flop Money doesn't guarantee success The boy will do well Says Brian on Twitter At Clyde SSB Let's go straight back to the phone lines and get another take from James this time. He's in East Kilbride. Hi, James. Uh, hi, guys. How are you doing? You all right? Not too bad. Hi, right, James. Um, right, point tonight is, uh, in fact, I just did a wee side note that uh, Polish uh, chap, or not Polish, the chap to Poland that, that called earlier, he, he certainly uh, didn't fill us Celtic fans with, with hope. It was certainly no a, a glowing report card that the boy got. Um, anyway, even apart from that, he's a bit of an unknown to me. I'm not going to admit I know Polish football. I don't. Um, so he's a bit of an unknown um, My point is just I would actually have preferred to see Celtic Take a punt on uh, Lawrence Shanklin um, Albeit he's in the Championship scoring goals um, But I do certainly think that He's in a position to, to take a step up um, And I'd rather seen somebody Who's a proven goal scorer um, He's had his Scotland cap so he's you know He's, he's doing well, he's, he's on the up um, I would rather have seen Shanklin come in as opposed to to this Polish lad um, I think You know Bed him in the now I do think Edward's going to be away In summer I think a bid will come in And I think they'll accept um, So I think I'd rather have seen Shankland um, than, than this Polish chap Just to get your opinion on that Let's yeah. be very clear Hugh The No one is writing off Patrick Clamalla Let's be very Because that That is wrong on every level For every single player Who ever comes here There is No point whatsoever In in doing that We haven't seen the guy We got one One take from Poland That I don't actually think Was that negative It was just Based around the fact that He's not played that many games So there's not a great deal To go on What about The preference From James Shankland First of all Uh Mickey Hammond, head of recruitment at Celtic, looked at uh, Lauren Shankland at the weekend at Firhill. And then Mickey Clark sadly broke his ankle. And Dundee United now have Lauren Shankland as their sole striker. And they're going for promotion and they've been out of the top flight of Scottish football for years. And that is their priority. Therefore, Lauren Shankland will not be sold. Would Lauren Shankland have hit the ground running any more than Patrick Clamalla or anybody else? That's debatable. My point to uh, to James, you know, to talk about Edward and going in the summer, yeah, all very well and good. We'll get to that in the summer. Celtic is now about January, February, March, April and May. That's all that matters because if Celtic don't win the league, James and his fellow Celtic supporters will provide a tremendous backlash. And Celtic, Neil Lennon has to be conscious of that and Peter Lawwell. Is that not the case, James? No, listen, I don't, I, I'm not writing this boy off, you know, I hope he comes in and does well, but in regards to, obviously, we're, we're focusing on the rest of the season, that's correct, but I also don't think this Polish boy will come in and replace Edward, so that's kind of irrelevant, you know, he is going to be, you know, a backup unless Lennon decides to maybe play him as a kind of 
you know, a winger or potentially two up top. So he's still going to be a backup. My point was just, I would have rather have seen him go for Shankland. And I think, you know, regardless of Dundee United and what they're achieving and, and what their, their, their goal is, I don't think Dundee United are in a position to knock back um, whatever a, a tasty bid would be for, for Lorne Shankland. Do you know, in, in fairness to Patrick Clamalla, though, James, he's here. Celtic have paid the money. We're awaiting official confirmation, but he's here. And it's his job now to make a contribution. No one's saying he will take the place of Odson Edward. That would be stupid. But he's here, surely, at that money to make a contribution between now and May. This is where January signings can be very fascinating, though, Fraser, because at least he will play a part. We don't know how much of a part, but he'll play a part. And then by the summer, if, as many people expect, Odson Edward moves on to pastures new, you're in a pretty good position to judge whether he can take that Roll on Whether he can be the replacement Because he's been there For six months Yeah I mean it really depends On, on, on what Celtic Have signed them for I mean three and a half million pounds Is a lot of money yeah. in, in Celtic's case But uh, you know they, they have signed players With potential For a couple of million You know the Van Dykes Of this world And, and, and others Where you're, you're taking A bit of a punt Because you're bringing in Somebody from the lower Reaches of, 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 of Dutch football And look at success He turned out to be So when you're looking At that type of player That's the type of money You've got to got to spend in any case, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if Celtic brought in another striker. Now, I'm not talking from any position of knowledge. I don't know this, but just looking at the whole situation, looking at this lads come in as well, um, and, and and the need for 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 a bit of more backup because if Edward does get injured, then you've only got one striker. At the Griffiths and Bio are still in the building though, and and would it be safe to say that? Whether it works out or not, I don't know. But you can at least have a realistic expectation that Lee Griffiths. Improves, yeah, gets, yeah. gets closer Hopefully. back to the level that he wasn't, and even Bio. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but have we really seen enough of him no. to to consider him done and dusted completely? No, and 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 uh, that's a shame for the lad because he has been injured. But I still think that there might just be something. Maybe it's a six month loan, kind of Glenn Murray esque type of player where it's short term. Kalamala's uh, in for long term Murray's in just for the six months Or somebody like that That Celtic can, can pull in I still think they might bring in somebody else And I think James is absolutely right About, uh, about Lawrence Shankland In the end Lawrence signed for Dundee United Because it suited both parties Dundee United needed somebody Who's going to bang in the goals Which he has done to get the promotion Then at the end of the season They were probably thinking Well if you'd come in You'd do that And he's progressed He's got international caps now Then we'll sell you We'll make some money And you'll make a, get a bigger move as well so it'd work out, uh, work out always. I'd like to see Lawrence playing in the, in the Premiership, in the top mm. of the Premiership. Let's just see what he's all about there because he's, he's really been in the first division. I think he's got he's got a chance. By all accounts, James, the real strength of Patrick Clamalla is his pace. He's been described as everyone who's ever seen him as being extremely quick. Is that something you're looking forward to seeing being added to Celtic's front line? Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm even thinking, um, you know, if it's, if it's not as a, a second striker, you know, get him in there somewhere, you know, playing just behind Edward or trying to fit him in. If he's match fit, I would actually like to see him, uh, you know, starting in the Partick Thistle game because if there's an opportunity to bed him in quickly, you know, give Edward a rest, you know, it is against, no disrespect, but it is against Partick Thistle. So I'd, I'd like to see him come in pretty quickly and uh, show us what he's got, definitely. Well, time will tell. We need to get the signing over the line first, which hasn't quite happened, but we'll keep you up to speed when that does happen. Thank you to James in East Bride. It's 01419511025. And that's exactly the number Craig has dialed. He's a Rangers fan. What's on your mind tonight, Craig? Hi, guys. How are we doing? Hello. Um, I've got to say, you know, I'm listening to, you know, what the Celtic fans are talking about this, Kamala. Um, you know, obviously, um, you can't underestimate him because. Um, 
you know, I, I distinctly remember that when Edward was officially signed for £9 million after his loan spell, which was, I think, mixed because Dembele and Griffiths were there, there wasn't an awful lot of delight at the time, but he's turned out to be a superstar. So, you know, I think that's something to be wary of. However, I do feel like when you hear Orino Celtic sign Kamala, after being told for months um, this season um, by Celtic fans that, um, you know, Rangers shouldn't get too ahead of themselves because even if they do catch Celtic a bit, they'll just spend money and they'll, they'll run away. Um, I don't think Rangers or Steven Gerrard will be looking at the sign and Kamala way and raising their eyebrows thinking, oh, this is something to be, to be worried about. And I think that's, I think what you're maybe looking to do a little bit um, when you bring in a player, you want to bring in somebody who's, you know, who people are maybe going to be excited about coming to the club um, and it's going to make your opponents go, hmm, that's somebody to keep an eye on. And I don't think that does that. Don't get me wrong. I still believe that, you know, we need to bring somebody in in, in, in this window because I think, obviously Gerard said about um, wanting to trim the fat, which, yes, there's players that have to go, but I do still think we probably need a third striker in there. See, when you say that, Craig, when you, you mentioned about sort of striking fear into your opponents, you're not really just focusing on reputation. Though. Let's take your own example. It's staring you right in the face, Alfredo Morelos. I'm pretty sure no one was fearful of, of, of the name, of the signing, but you can't exactly argue with the impact he's had. So does it really matter what your opponents think of a signing? No, you know, see, that's why I did... Say Edward as an example as well as that because obviously initially when he was at Celtic and loan um, duty the fact that Celtic had Dembele and Griffiths he, he didn't get you know he simply wasn't playing the way he is now but he still brought him in for £9 million and he's been great I just think um, I was expecting as I'm sure most other Rangers fans were expecting that Celtic were going to bring in some you know better name because we're, we're always being you know, Rangers are always being told about this pot of money that Celtic have got to go and spend. Um, you know, we've been told that if Celtic really wanted to run away with the league, they could because they could go and spend all this money. So, well, in terms of the money, Craig, that point of view, in terms of the money, Craig, you know, you don't need to be told about it. It's in the balance sheet. You can look at a piece of paper and it'll tell you how much money Celtic have got. Now, the point I've been trying to make since the programme began is that the league title is hanging by a thread. Celtic will suffer a tremendous backlash from their own supporters if they don't make it to nine in a row because they've been singing about ten in a row for years now. Therefore, they are looking at this transfer window and they are hoping that Patrick Clamalla is a success. None of us, not you Craig, not me, not Gordon, not Fraser, none of us know how good Patrick Clamalla is until he gets a strip on and gets out on the park. He might be a superstar. We have to wait and see. Craig, what about your own team? We don't have a lot of football to go on at the moment. Uh, that friendly in Dubai at the weekend, are you the type to pay much attention to that type of thing? If so, what did you take away from it? Aye, well, I, I sort of seen it a bit. I think um, it's obviously, you know, um, there was a couple of younger boys played in the team that day. I think there was the young boy played in it. It was right back, I think it was. Um, and I think I, you know, I like that Gerard seems to be looking at the um, the youth academy a bit um, and looking to bring young players up. I mean, I, I've said um, for a while now. I think Jamie Barjonas is a player who um, in the youth set up at Rangers could be 
could be good to, to, to bring up because he's certainly done the business um, on a number of occasions, um, even in the the tournament's kind of a wafer challenge cup um, this season to get the under twenty ones into the the semis. So they're, they're starting there, but I, I do think you know I, I'm not liking a lot of what I'm hearing transfer news wise for Rangers because you know we've been linked by I think maybe one or two boys, but you know Gerard doesn't really seem to be saying much other than he wants to get rid of players, which is fine. But I think if you're going to do that, you still need to bring in a player. Um, because you see the league's tight, um, and I wonder actually whether the guys think we could be in a helicopter Sunday situation come May this year. What do you think, Fraser, and in, in terms of the transfer, Stephen Gerrard's gone on record at saying maybe one would be brought in, so I don't think that's yeah, um, particularly been, surprising. The board will back Stephen Gerrard since he's come in. They've, he's signed a lot of players, even to, to Ryan Kent at the end of the last transfer window for, for quoted £7 million, and that's a lot of money. So they might not have the money at the moment, Craig, to, to, to just throw... To just throw away And uh, it's hard to see Rangers are, are quite well served In most positions And they've got cover In most positions as well and, and we keep talking about it There's no point in bringing in Numbers And spending money That you maybe haven't got Or it's, it's quite tight It's just spending it on a, a, a player just for the sake of it And I know fans want They want transfers They just want transfers It doesn't matter who it is Just bring in three or four players But if you're a manager You, you might just focus The money you've got Rather than spending it on two squad players Spend it on one key player That's going to make your squad better And, and I'm not sure where Rangers Particularly um, um, Need that that type, that type of player We can always do a, With a better player Every club can do the better player But um, you know, from that point of view Money's maybe a bit tighter than people think Craig thank you very much for getting in touch This is the perfect time to call Because we're going to get some travel with Stephen And then we could be speaking to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Fraser Wishart Here from me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, Fraser we are now moving towards the end of the winter break Officially for the top flight clubs Heading back from their warm weather training camps In Dubai or Tenerife or Largs Wherever, <laughs> wherever they may have been What sort of feedback with your PFA Scotland hat on what, what sort of feedback do you get from players Because obviously I understand why it's there And the clubs obviously wanted it yeah. um, But as much as they get a rest now We then have a lot of fixtures Crammed into other parts of the season What yeah. sort of feedback are you getting currently? Well I, I think the, certainly the Premiership players like the the winter break When you think back to now with the League Cup starting in the middle of July Even the teams that are not playing in Europe are starting far far earlier than they used to four or five years ago So it's good to get a wee break And I think sometimes it's just about getting rid of niggles And uh, having a, a chance to put your feet up for a week And then when the clubs do go away for warm training as well It's about camaraderie, it's about mm. tactics It's about just get, topping up in fitness Funnily enough, the guys in the championship, the League One, League Two, are now beginning to say to me, "Why don't we get it?" You know, because they. Are... So it's not seen as counterproductive then, because you then have to squeeze games in elsewhere. Yeah, I, th- I think they, I think it's just a rub. It's, it's the rub from from having the, the winter break. Something's got to give somewhere. I mean, I, I'm always a big supporter of Ian Blair and the guys at the SPFL who get criticised for fixtures. I've seen how fixtures are jammed in. You can't have fixtures on. International weeks You can't have them In European nights You can't have them In Scottish Cup ties on. So They've hardly got any space To, to put a game in and, and reschedule a game So That's that's the kind of rub If, if you want to have The break in January Which everybody wants Then you've got to play games elsewhere But the players like it They do like mm. to get a, Just a, a week off with the family In the middle of the season It's unusual 0141-951-1025 Pat is in Paisley Hi Pat Hello Hi Pat Hi, what's, on, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, it's just about Patrick Clamalla mm-hmm. Um We've had a lot of good Polish players pass through Celtic's gates 
and uh, it's just to give to see to give the boy a chance. He's only twenty one year old. Uh, I would say give him a chance, see what he can do out in the out in the pitch, and then everybody can reserve their judgment of of what he can do out in the pitch. Yeah, I think yeah. that's well said, Hugh. I don't think anyone. Any reasonable person would argue with that Jackie Jakinowski was a terrific centre forward for Celtic uh, Darius Dovchik was a terrific defender for Celtic uh, Magic Zerafsky was a terrific striker uh, For Celtic So Celtic's record with um, players from Poland Artur Boric Before I forget the goalie uh, He was a fantastic signing for Celtic So uh, Patrick Klamala has that in his favour no one is able to say whether Patrick Kamala will be a success or otherwise at Celtic because no one has seen him. But the football matches will tell us all, uh, as they did for Zerabsky uh, and for Jakinowski and for Arthur Boric and for Darius Dovchik. The football games will tell us all about him. But of course, as an incomer to our country, we wish him nothing but success, other than the Rangers supporters who hope he's hopeless. <laughs> I mean, Fraser, this is not this is not meant to criticise you because I, I get why you know people make these connections. But this is what's always quite fascinating about this stage of a transfer. Whatever players from that country have or have not done here is completely irrelevant. Whatever players of that age of that price bracket, none of it actually matters because you're signing. A player Every player's different Even the club he maybe played You know people We get really hung up on You know goal records And things like that But you might be signing a guy Who played in a struggling team Or signing a guy Who played in a team That didn't know how to utilise him So I know why we look at these things But it's important You don't get too hung up On any of it Yeah Celtic can't bring in Household names anymore You can't bring in The finished article Of a a Chris Sutton And Henrik Larsson And John Hartson And these guys Paul Lambert Just a European Cup winner At that point you just can't. You just can't do it. You can't do it. And over the years, Celtic's record has been decent. It's been good in bringing in guys who you've never heard of. Who'd have heard of Van Dijk? Who'd have heard of Wanyama? Who'd have heard of Stellan Petrov? Let's be honest, none of us. So allow the the guy to to play. Some some haven't worked. Of course, they haven't worked, and that's what you get when you're in operating this market. But the lad must have shown something to Celtic scouts. They're not going to just sign him on a whim or in somebody's recommendation. They'll have had him well watched. So he's got something there. Will it come out this season when he's playing for Celtic? Will he be a success? Who knows? But give the lad a chance. And I'm surprised that there's been a wee bit of kind of slight negativity from Celtic supporters. Give what's the lad a chance. What's next, Pat? Is this the start of a couple of signings as far as you're concerned? Or I don't know. What else are you expecting? I don't know about that sport. I think, I think, that's, I think that's done. Yeah, I, I think, think that's uh, away. Like, yeah. I think he's away to uh, Sporting Lisbon or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't listen to second-hand information either about, see, the, the guy that was on the phone from Poland. I wouldn't listen to that either because you don't know. I've, not, I've, never, I've never heard of the guy until uh, he came on to Celtic Radar. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, he has, and he has watched him a lot, and that's why we got him on. Again, though, that's not to mean that it's, it's, it's gospel, opinion. but it's, it's at least an informed opinion. opinion. Can you we've, imagine, we've not seen him. Can you imagine uh, in Warsaw Super Scoreboard tonight if I come on and give my opinion how many would believe me? <laughs> More than believe you in West of Scotland. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, 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 the Pat's right. You know, the, let him go on the park. Let him play. Let's see, uh, apart from the lightning pace, if he has a finish in him. 
uh, And then we can talk about it later on But I, I have to underline the point Between now and May Celtic and Rangers are on a tightrope And the outcome of this league title Will have a devastating effect on the loser Therefore If Celtic want nine in a row Patrick Kamala At some point between now and May Will have to make a positive contribution yeah, and that actually is it in a nutshell, Fraser. There's a reason that signings right now are scrutinised more than ever. Celtic and Rangers signings are always scrutinised. Yeah. But in maybe if you've got a 15 point advantage in January and you sign a 21 year old striker for a couple of million quid who's coming in as backup, it doesn't get the same publicity. But we we live in different times, a different football environment. The way it finished, we've now everyone's had two weeks to stew over the the last old firm game. So everything's just been ramped up a bit. It's nothing personal to to the player or to either club. It's just where we're at at the moment. Hugh's absolutely spot on with uh, with his analysis of of what's going to happen for Rangers and for Celtic between now and the end, end of the season. And if you sign during the summertime, you get a bit longer. There's preseason games. There's all there's it's the start of the season. But we're in a situation just now where it could just be. One bad result could cost either side the, the the title. You know, one defeat or one draw against one of the smaller teams away from home that might be the difference in winning and losing titles. And that's where guys like Kamala, guys like Edward, and the people who can actually just go and win games like that, that's where they learn their corner and their, and their reputation. Pat and Paisley, thank you very much for your call. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. TheScottishSun.co.uk/slash/football. It is Beat the Pundit time It's a new week A clean slate if you like Your chance to win a signed ball If you get more questions right Than Fraser Wishart Or Hugh Keevans If you want to take them on tonight If you think you're up to it Give us a call before 7 o'clock 0141 951 1025 Beat the Pundits next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans Are here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We kicked off looking at Celtic's potential new signing of Patrick Clamalla. Lots of calls, lots of tweets coming in about that. So if you've got any opinions, keep them coming and hopefully we'll speak to you between now and eight o'clock. Now I mentioned this earlier on in the show, and if you're a regular listener, you'll know that during the winter break we like to do things a bit differently. We like to give some much deserved attention to aspects of our game that don't often get the attention they deserve during the regular season. We've been doing it towards the tail end of last week and we'll do it tonight as well. I'm pleased to say in the studio at the moment, we're joined by two gentlemen from Football Memories Scotland. Now we're going to explain a bit more about what that is and where you can help, where you can come in is quite simply telling us your first ever football related memory. Now I know the first game sticks out for a lot of people so that's great but it can be more than that. It can be something Completely left field Something that Just about ties in with football But your very first Football related memory And we'll get to that After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It is beat the pundit time It's a new week For the listeners And the pundits alike Gary is in Balonock And he will be taking on Either Hugh or Fraser How are you tonight Gary? Aye, not bad, not bad at all Good man, Gary uh, Hugh Keevens tells me he's been studying hard all week So I don't know if you would rather face him or Fraser Would you have a preference? I would rather you. I would rather you Because he's getting a wee bit old So I've got oh, me That's not very nice <laughs> He's as good as ever on Beat the Pundit I'll tell you that Your success rate was alright, wasn't it? When we, we, we did the stats last week I'm younger on the wireless <laughs> That's true Takes years off yet Right, heads it is Hugh Keevens Tails it's Fraser Wishart And it's tails, I'm afraid So... 
Young Hugh gets to step aside And Fraser Wishart's going to step up to the plate So I'm going to give Fraser some Clyde 2 to listen to And that way he cannot hear us anymore So you've got 30 seconds Gary, head to head with Fraser You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Thank you, no bother, yeah What's the name of the Polish striker Celtic are set to sign? Uh, what year did Tommy Wright join St Johnson? Um, pass. Who's the current manager of Dunfermline? Oh, pass. What other Scottish side has Motherwell new boy Michael and Jolly played for? Michael Jolly. What Scottish goalkeeper has the most international caps? Alan McGregor. At which stadium did Rangers secure their ninth league title in a row in 97? At which stadium? Celtic Park Okay, let's bring Fraser back Fraser, can you hear us? I can, yes I can. Great, same set of questions to you You ready? Yeah right, Let's get stuck in What is the name of the Polish striker Celtic are set to sign? Patrick Klamala In what year did Tommy Wright join St Johnson? 2011 who is the current manager of Dunfermline? Stevie Crawford. With which other Scottish side has Motherwell new boy Mikel and Jolly played for? Uh, uh, Kamarnock. Which Scottish goalkeeper has the most international caps? Jim Layton. At which stadium did Rangers secure their ninth league title in a row in 1997? Tanadice. And who refereed last month's League Cup final? Willie Collum. Okay. What do you make of the competition, Gary? Oh, done, I think. Done, do you think though. so? He's done you. Yeah. Well, let's find out. First one. You got off to a good start, Gary. Patrick Clamala is the name of Celtic's potential new signing. Um, what year did Tommy Wright join St. Johnson? It was 2013. So none of you got it right. One all. On to question three. Who's the manager of Dunfermline? Stevie Crawford. Fraser knew it. He stretches or he goes into a 2 1 lead. The other Scottish side that Motherwell's new signing, Mikel and Jolly, has played for is Kilmarnock. So Fraser adds another one. And I'm afraid, Gary, you're about to see a bit of a pattern develop here. Jim Layton is the Scottish goalkeeper with the most caps. Tanadice was where Rangers won their ninth league title in a row. And Willie Collum refereed last month's League Cup final. He was on fire. It was a six for Fraser and only a one for you, Gary. Hard lines. Hard lines. There's always next week. There's always next week. Gary. Thanks very much. I love Gary's outlook. There's always next week. That's like you. What's your favourite saying? You go from One failure to the next With no loss of enthusiasm Yeah I like it That's what Gary's trying to do On Beat the Pundit Brilliant stuff Right Going to do something a bit different In the second hour of tonight's show But it's something you can all get involved in Every single football fan listening Has a first football memory And it's going to range from All sorts It could be a first game A first strip A game on TV Kicking the ball around With your dad Your mum Another family member Anything at all What is your very very first Football Memory 0141-951-1025 Or on Twitter at Clyde SSB Now the reason I'm asking There is a method to my madness I'm pleased to say we're joined uh, By Graham Pope and Robert Harvey From Football Memories Scotland They join us in the studio Now for anyone who's not heard of Football Memories Scotland Robert How would you describe it? What is it, What is that project all about? Uh, the, the project's all about football obviously And it's here to support people uh, with dementia and it's a, a project uh, It's been running now Believe it or not For 10 years uh, It celebrated its 10th birthday Last year uh, It's got Approximately 230 groups Across Scotland It's a national prog- programme uh, It uh, goes from the Shetlands It goes to Stranraer And in between All sorts of places in between uh, And it, we help run groups In 
care homes, community centres, libraries, uh, anywhere where we a group of people, we we will work with uh, folk with dementia. But it's important to say it's not just folk with dementia that come to these groups. It's developed through the years, and now it's open to anyone. There's a lot of social isolation a lot of loneliness as well sure. and everyone's welcome to come along what does that look like then so this is about getting a group of people together who, who may have dementia or, or are isolated and then what taking them a trip down memory lane with regards yeah. to football how, it, how does that help it, it uses uh, it uses football photographs we've accessed about 7,000 photographs this is a joint partnership between the Scottish Football Museum and Alzheimer's Scotland so we've got access to about 7,000 images so we can tailor ses- uh, sessions to people. Uh, we also have the football memories box that's beside you with all the old football boots and ball and uh, liniments and things in I there. I can smell it already. Yeah, you'll, you'll <laughs> smell it. But the amazing thing, the way the amazing thing, the way it started, it started uh, like all well, a lot of uh, great uh, initiatives. It started almost by chance with a man called Michael White, who, who's a football historian at Falkirk, and he was out uh, doing talks in his local community with his football pictures. And he noticed that all these older gentlemen with memory problems were consistently uh, naming eight players, seven, eight players in all the photographs. And he thought that was kind of strange. Um, but there was one gentleman in the care home who was sitting there uh, and he was behind a newspaper and he didn't want to take part. But his pal says, come on, Bill, you join us. You join us. You, you, you're you, a footballer. Well, this man's name was Bill Corbett, or Willie Corbett. He was a centre half for Scotland. Uh, he played with uh, Celtic, uh, Falkirk, um, Preston North End. And Bill's recollection of football was so vivid from 40 years previously. And he was one of the inspirations. And he actually played against England at Wembley in 1940-41. And he used to always say the halfback line was no bad son. <laughs> it was Busby, Corbett and Shankly. So Bill was not, a bad quick, at all. not bad at all. So Bill was one of the inspirations. Michael then came to Hamden. He got the group of all the historians from Scotland together. Uh, he, he, he told them his experiences. Um, and from that, he challenged the historians to see if they get the same experience. Brilliant. H- Hibernian and Aberdeen took up the challenge. And Falkirk, they then found out, yes, they were getting the same experience. Uh, they got uh, some funding. They got a pilot running. Um, they got a Caledon University to evaluate it. He says there's definitely something in here. So it just grew from there? And that's how it grew, to 230 <laughs> groups now. Well, I mean, Graham, the thing I love about this is, well, the simplicity to start with, because I've never met a football fan who doesn't like talking about seasons gone by and players gone by and matches gone by, and yet this has a genuine big impact on people who are struggling with dementia or with social isolation. Social isolation, easy yeah. for me to say. Yeah. And you, you get guys who... Can't even talk, right? And as, as a certain gentleman I know who's 90, and he played with Tommy Doherty with Shettleston Juniors, and he comes to a library once a month, and you'll sit these cards in front of him, and as you show him Tommy Doherty's face, he lights up. Now, his wife leaves him for an hour and a half, so she gets an hour and a half respite care, basically. And she says he's a different person when he goes home at night. And you you see, you show different photos and you get a smile off them. There's no communication, but you can tell this person to join it. And he's an example of others that we have as well. 
Absolutely love that Hugh Go on then Because your uh, memory goes back A lot further than mine what is your, What's your very first football memory? Anything at all? Yeah The year was 1955 And it was the first time My father took me to a football match And before I even got to the game The thing that stuck out was We went to a, what was then called Kelvin Hall Railway Station It no longer exists In Partick And it was a steam train And I just remembered the sensation of going on to the steam train with my dad And we went to the football And I remember the overpowering smell of tobacco Pipe tobacco Because men then, in 1955 Smoked pipes And there was this aroma This lovely aroma of pipe tobacco (laughs) And the kids were taken down to the front The game was played And at the end of the game Your dad came down to the front and collected you so 1955 and I can I can still smell the steam train and the pipe tobacco. Fraser, what about yourself because I know everyone for well, for a lot of people it's you know first game because that's that's something obvious but look at Hugh's example there just something yeah. that doesn't actually have anything directly to do with football but that's what jumps out. What about yourself? Well, I, I was brought up in Paisley In Foxbar in Paisley For my early years Before I moved to Glasgow And uh, there, was, there was a piece of land Next to her close And I can remember Actually my dad and my uncle Taking me out And kicking a ball around I was about three or four um, Just and my dad always Saying to me Two feet You know Use two feet all the time Which, which helped me in, in latter years But my first Football memory Was that was a game A bit like Hugh I was about four or five So you're talking about Late 60s Beginning of the 70s I can't remember exactly St Murn who our, our family's team were playing against St Johnson and, and it was a colour that struck me, I can remember. You know, because all of a sudden, from being a wee boy, black and white telly, you never saw, uh, you know, colour tellys, didn't see football on telly. And going to the game, St Murray black and white, St Johnson, the team in this bright blue and one of the players had the, mop, the biggest mop of ginger hair as well. <laughs> and that is my memory. I don't remember anything about the game, but I was there and that's that was my, my first memory. So I get a bit like Hugh, but it's a sense of smell. Mine's a sense of sight. It was just the colour and the atmosphere and the noise I can remember mm. from that game. Brilliant stuff. I mean, keep your, your thoughts coming in. Loads coming in on Twitter. Scotty McHugh says, first memory, Rangers Morton at Capelo, 10 years old. He says, my mate's uncle took us. I never told my mum. Uh, I saw Davy Cooper, Bobby Russell, etc. that day. I remember it like it was yesterday. And sadly, I am now 50, says Scotty. That's no age at all, Scotty. Don't you worry about that. Um, Robert, the... Very many um, people who who come along to the groups and Graham so brilliantly put it just you know the difference that it can make to some people. Are there any examples that that jump out at you from when you've maybe shown someone that picture of a of a famous player or you you you've you've given them another memory and and just the the difference yeah. that it can make? It happens all the time, Gordon. I mean, it's generally happens. I'll tell you one. Before I say that, can I just just remind folk that in Scotland today? There's 90,000, well, a few years ago, there was 90,000 people with dementia. 90,000. And there was 3,000 under 65 years of age. Uh, and, and it's predicted the next by the next generation, there'll be 164,000. Mm-hmm. So anything we can do to, to help is, is, is obviously good. One that really sticks in my mind was at, actually at Third Lanark. Uh, Cathkine Park, believe it or not, has still got a, a pavilion at Third Lanark. And we were doing a, a, me- a memory meeting in there one day. We're sitting down there. And uh, we had all the photographs out, and this gentleman came along with his carer, and uh, he was he, his dementia. Folk get agitated; he would be uncomfortable. And after about fifteen minutes, he was feeling uncomfortable. So we took him through to the dressing room, and in the dressing room, the jerseys were on the, the pegs. As soon as he seen that, 
he started to talk about his experience as a footballer as a wee boy because he was a ball boy at the Lanark and his carer was so surprised to see this. Uh, there was a lady in the pavilion at the time as well. She was very emotional. You see lots of emotional things and she was very emotional to see this happen as well. So that was that was an occasion where it was a, the photograph wasn't really doing it but the environment was doing it. It was actually doing it for him. Incredible. And listen, there will be so many stories throughout the, the, the duration of this. We'll be here until 8 o'clock. We are looking for your memories uh, as well. We've got Hugh and Fraser here as always. You can still call in and give us the usual football madness, but we're just doing something a bit different during the winter break as we like to shine a light on certain aspects of our game that don't get uh, the attention that they otherwise deserve. If you want to get in touch, it's 01419511025. And if you would rather tweet... At Clyde SSB I mean Kenny's already on He says Lump in the throat Listening to the guests On Clyde phone And talking about Helping men with dementia Brilliant stuff Top man He says that was Kenny uh, Now I'm delighted to say That Tony joins us On the phone Now Tony Currently attends Football Memories Group Tony is At this moment in time Living with dementia Tony Thank you so much For joining us Tell us a little bit About your story And how much you enjoy Going along to the groups And, and how much it helps you well, I was diagnosed in the summer of 2016 with Alzheimer's. I was 65 at the time. And um, what I do is I get myself involved with the... I'm a committee member in the Scottish Dementia Working Group. Um, so we speak to people from abroad and different seminars. I attend Football Memories because um, it's a great idea because uh, you get a chance to meet other people who are suffering from the disease in one way or another. And it brings people out. When we attend these things as well, the most important thing as well, there's no stigma attached to it. You get a chance to sort of reminisce and, and uh, jogs a memory for most of us. And yes, it's certainly a very important part of um, the, the help that people require. And what part of it resonates most with you, Tony? Is it when you see old photographs? Is it when you smell the old smells or you hear the old stories? What resonates most with you? Uh, the photographs are a big thing of jogging my memory and putting questions across. Um, but it's, it's just meeting individuals at the time, you know, like and starting to sort of a jog people's memories. Um, so it's important that, um, you know, people attend these things because it does, I look forward to it once a month. And um, yeah, it's certainly worthwhile. And you speak about your own situation, your own diagnosis a few years ago, Tony. How much has this helped you? Oh, it's big time. I look forward to it every once a month, the first first Monday in every month. But also the people involved, like uh, Lynn and, and Jane down at the Resource Centre in Bridgeton. And these people do so much. Um, and it does bring people out. As I say, you're meeting people that don't really communicate much until they join the group and then they start to open up and um, you know as I say it takes away the, the you know like uh, the stigma and you're free to discuss most issues absolutely fantastic great stuff that was Tony in Penalese still on the line if um, if you if you've got any any questions for Tony I wonder where where Tony's football memory journey goes back to Tony what's the What's the, what's the sort of the furthest back football memory you have at the moment? Oh my goodness! <laughs> a way back, and that's a lot of years. But um, my football—I think going to Seville was one of the highlights for me. Um, to see Celtic in that final. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, uh, these kind of things. But we can we can talk about these, you know, at the, at, uh, the football memories, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great. 
because it, it gives you a, ch- a chance to reminisce and look back and see some old photographs. And what we do as well, we can we can take in photographs of of ourselves being part of something. You know, like yeah, it's absolutely the, it's the business for me. Well, my abiding memory, Tony, of Seville was having the, the pleasure of going on the plane with uh, Billy McNeil. Uh, the first. Billy and Liz uh, were sitting beside me in the plane going over to Seville and you know to be sitting beside the first man to lift the European Cup from the first Britain to lift the European Cup and to see the reaction that Billy got from everyone when he got to Seville and I can understand Tony uh, exactly the way you feel I'm going to tell you a private one now Uh, I once wrote a book on the history of the Scottish Cup and my co-author was one of the finest Scottish football writers we've ever had. His name was Kevin McCara. And Kevin McCara, who worked for Scotland on Sunday and uh, then went down and worked in, in England, Kevin has been living with dementia. And he's living with it all the way now to residential care. Kevin loved Football Memory Scotland and uh, he would go to Firhill, to the group there, and... Uh, it meant so much to him because, you know, as has been said here, it brought everything back. Uh, his own health might have been failing, but he loved those sessions. He loved those photographs and he had a tremendous love of the game. And this is what kept him going. So Tony and everyone else, I'm delighted to be here tonight. T- Tony, it's Robert here from Football Memories. When you were talking hello, about your memories, uh, hello, hello there. I, I remember one day looking at some old photographs and we had a picture, I think it was Hamden, where after the game someone was sweeping up the the old the beer bottles and the likes. And I seem to recall you used to collect the bottles after the game. Sure did. We opened the gates <laughs> yeah. about 15 minutes before the end of the game and we would, me and all the guys would go in and fill the sacks full of these old bottles. <laughs> um, absolutely great times. Brilliant, that was Tony and Penley Really appreciate you Tony getting in touch Tony is a, a committed um, attendee of the Football Memories groups He's currently living with dementia But as you heard there, feels it makes a great deal of difference from him Getting out, getting the chance to reminisce, meet new people And everything else that goes along with it We're going to speak to Andy and Finnis next He's got some memories on the line for us Loads coming in on Twitter And lots more to come from the guys in the studio Including a full-time teaser for Hugh and Fraser So we'll do that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Fraser Wishart's here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's a busier studio than usual, let me tell you that, because I'm delighted to say we've got Graham Pope and Robert Harvey, special guests tonight, joining us from Football Memories Scotland. Now, this is an incredibly important project, which hopefully you've been hearing all about in the last 20 minutes or so. We've already had some great contributions on the phones and on Twitter as well so keep them coming in your very first football memories and it can be anything at all Hugh talks about the steam train that he remembers going going past it's nothing to do with the actual game itself um, but anything you've got at all Kevin remembers going to Celtic with his dad thinks it was Christmas Day or Boxing Day he was 8 years old outside Celtic Park and it was hearing you'll never walk alone it made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up I'm now 40 Says Kevin and Paul Patterson First game he says Four or five My dad took me Clyde Airdrie away Broomfield My dad bought me a toy car So there was always something else That you just associate with the game 55 years ago And I now go to games with my boys Says Paul Patterson 
on Twitter Let's take I'll tell you what I'll quickly set up the teaser I'm going to apologise already To Andy and Finneson Because he's been hanging on For ages But very quickly Hugh You can just write this one down uh-huh. Tonight's teaser Is sent in by Tony Higgins Sergio Aguero Became the top scoring Overseas player In English Premier League history Yesterday Which other nine players Make up the top ten Right we'll start with Quick TDR Yep Um Fraser, anything from you? Dennis Bergkamp? No, actually. Uh, what about one uh, of his countrymen? Rude van Nistelrooy. No, his other countrymen. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbein. Yes. There's even more than that in there from that part of the world. Okay, we'll leave it there because Andy and Finneson has been hanging on for ages. Sorry, Andy. My apologies, but we've got you now. What would you like to add? What about your first footballing memory? I'll get, four, I'll get two pretty quick points. The first football memory I've 1968 Rangers versus Hamilton My dad took me there We go on the subway The old subway Where it was mobbed And my dad used to hang me up On the handrails <laughs> And then you get to the ground Put on your shoulder Get into the ground And then when you got to the ground When you seen that park That was absolutely amazing And then your hero My hero then was John Gregg John Gregg was my hero To see him playing It was absolutely brilliant you know, just uh, my dad died a long time ago, but I, I, you know, I just it's memories. That's the kind of memory you love your family. We were talking about smells there. My recollection of the steam train from Kelvin Hall. Uh, you, there was nothing, and I mean nothing, which had a smell quite like the Glasgow Underground. <laughs> oh, I, no, and in the day they could smoke. You know, they could smoke. They'd be hanging from lighting their matches on. You could light matches and. Uh, it was absolutely that was that that day was just amazing. You know, you see that park. You know, the, I'd never seen a green park really. <laughs> no, I mean the ash ones instead. <laughs> I ash and black. We usually play in black black ash on the uh, Victoria Park in Scotland. Uh, I was a dickless man, so it was. But it was up. <laughs> then and then we went to we beat Bayern Munich and to get to the final. That was the happiest I've ever seen with that. That was seventy. I think it was seventy four. Was it? I can't remember. Maybe Ben Munich. See, the these are the, the things that, that never leave you, Andy. What about that? This is a as an idea, as a concept. You know, helping people with dementia by taking them on that trip down memory lane and recalling some of those footballing memories. What do you make of that side of the project? No, brilliant. My mom's got dementia. She's been in the home for about five, uh, two years now. But she had it. She but diagnosed it for the last two years. No, and I still talk to my dad. Remember, my dad used to take me to Ibrox and she can remember, you know, she can remember way back, but she, like, two days ago, she cannot remember. No, and she loves talking to my dad. Uh, aye, it's sad. It's a horrible disease for people and the family. Uh, but, aye, it's, uh, aye, she still remembers, you know, way back, but she cannot remember. Mm. Uh, I can't know, I know, but that's the way it is, isn't it? So hopefully, get a, she keeps going. You're going to get a cure. I said, don't know, mum. Maybe get a cure someday. Hopefully, for it. It's just, it's no nice. I mean, Graham, that's 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 the point, isn't it? You'll recognise exactly what Andy's saying. This is this is the long term memory, and, and people who are struggling to remember things from this morning or from yesterday or from last week, but the, the way they can recall these football games and things from years ago. And it's amazing what the cards just trigger things off about. Not unnecessarily football They then start where they worked Or they Oh my brother played with so and so And such like And it just If we sit in a group sometimes 
we'll say somebody, what about so-and-so? And it triggers a whole conversation within a group, which the other carers or even them get involved. And it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. There really is. I mean, I'll be honest, I, we have these discussions with the hope that, that they're going to go well, but you don't really know. But even for me, this has been already an eye-opener. I'm, I'm noticing a real theme, you know, because it's not just the football, it's the steam train. It's the underground, it's the the, the noise, the, whatever it may be, the colour, as, as Fraser said. So... Um, that has been very, very enlightening so far. Um, I noticed you've got, you've brought so many fantastic pictures. It's a shame it's on radio actually, because it only works to a certain extent. But we can maybe try and tweet some of this stuff. I mean, some are black and white, some are from a long, long time ago. But then even there's one that jumps out at me, which looks a lot more modern. It's a, a big colour picture of of Henrik Larsson. What's the the story behind that? Because that's obviously a more recent memory. So. Uh, on my hand just now I've got a photograph As you said of Henrik Larson. This was taken by a girl At Hamden It's one of the best photographs I've seen Action photographs She, she just captured them correctly And her dad had dementia uh, uh, In a care home And she donated this photograph to us We've got lots of people Who will give us things But the wee story behind this one was We were in a, we were in a, a care home one day And uh, we showed this A copy of this photograph And there's a gentleman we see the whole range of dementia from the onset of dementia right through the full spectrum. This gentleman uh, couldn't speak and he was in a wheelchair and he's seen this photograph and he took the photograph of Henrik Larson and there was a lot of, a lot of non-verbal stuff going on. You could see that he was there was something happening. When the session ended, he was still holding it like this and he says, it's time to go. That's us, you know, time to clear up. He would not let go of the photograph. We had to call across the carers he had a vice-like grip on this photograph. <laughs> he would not let go Henrik Larson. He just wouldn't let him go. Anyway, he took that photograph back to his room. He would not let Henrik Larson go. <laughs> Whatever it was doing for him, it was his. And, he, and he's welcome to have it. I love that, Hugh. I, again, this is something we've mentioned across the last week. You know, whether it, you know, we had some other inspirational guests and other topics that maybe we don't always talk about in the show, but something that just keeps coming back when, when you get sort of caught up in... In the madness of of the day to day, and that phrase that you hear about it being just a game, my goodness, it's so much more than that. Yeah, I mean, in this country, and uh, perhaps particularly in this city, it's everything. People live their lives through the football, and uh, when they are visited by this uh, this awful business of Alzheimer's or dementia, uh, to have this trigger, I think, is fascinating. I. Obviously know Kevin and his wife very, very well. And his wife has spoken to me about how much Kevin gets out of his visits. But only when I'm standing beside Robert and Graham and looking at these photographs and hearing people on the phone and reminiscing, only now am I getting the full impact of what this is all about and how important it is. Yeah, I mean, Token Jester's on Twitter, he says, before the Panini sticker era, it was a pack of cards you bought. He says, you could play games, flick them, whoever got furthest won their opponent's card. I remember thinking my Jimmy Johnson card was better than all the others, says Token. That's his earliest uh, football memory. Um... Sideshow Bob's yeah, first you was... Bit, you get a bit of bubblegum as well. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I showed my eyes. <laughs> Sideshow Bob's was going to a St Mirren game, six or seven. His best friend took him, first division at the time, playing Clyde. A classic nil-nil. Good to see oh. the scoreline. And it is, it, it's it's just bizarre, Hugh, the, the things that are coming back. As you mentioned, the, the train, yeah. the steam train, Fraser mentioned the, the colour. Mine is actually floodlights. Yeah. Now, I'm not going back as far as you, but I was born sort of in the in the shadow of Fur Park, would be the dramatic way of, of explaining it, just a couple of streets away. Uh-huh. 
But you can see the floodlight. You could see the floodlights just peeking up above the houses. So I would then play football in the park across, and was just seduced by this, by this idea, by this big stadium and the things that went on there. And actually, before even getting to a game, the memory would be when it got to Saturday afternoon. Now remember, when you're young, you don't really have a concept of, of days or time. But the cars would all be parked That would be yeah. chock a block And the, yeah, believe it or not They did get bigger crowds In those days uh, the, the, the cars would be Would be lined all the way up the street So I actually think of Traffic jams and And floodlights Before I even get to To you're, what you then witness on the pitch You're sparking all sorts of memories Because I remember The first time I heard A rhythmic chant Inside a Scottish football ground Hope it was you a know. clean one If you're oh, going yeah, to repeat that, it that, It was the simple <laughs> <laughs> First time I ever heard it Real Madrid came to Glasgow and they played a match for charity Against Celtic at Celtic Park And it was the first time I ever heard A crowd doing this rhythmic chant And I think it was 1961, 62 tops uh, So for for us Ouija's This was a very exotic business altogether <laughs> Andy and Finneson Thank you so much for your call and, and sharing some of your personal touches with us as well We really do appreciate that and you can wish your mum all the best from us, Andy and Finnison Stevens and Coat Bridge. Hi, Stephen. Evening, guys. How are we doing? Good, Stephen. Uh, talking about the memory of you and obviously the, the guys in the, in the studio tonight. Uh, my first memory, going to be back to, I've been going to Celtic Park since 67, 68 with my grandfather, God rest him, started taking me. And my first memory, it wasn't an actual game. I was at the game, a game obviously, but I can't remember what team we were playing. But my granddad, I was only about six or seven, my grandfather. About five minutes before half time, we always stood in the jungle, the middle of the jungle, and at the front, I was right at the front, near the wall, going onto the track side, obviously. He would say to me, right, stand there and don't move. I'll go down and get us, he used to go down and get us a pie at half time. So I'm standing there, and, and I can remember the crowd all gathering in again, and, and I must have panicked a wee bit, and the next thing, I'm up on the track side, but a policeman walking around, and in the days, they took you up the tunnel, they took you right around and then right up the tunnel. So they takes me right up the tunnel, and I remember it vividly. They sat me down. It looked like it was like a, a bath that had like coke and stuff like that, but it was just up the tunnel. So I'm sitting there, and the, the lady behind it saying, "You'll be okay. Don't worry. We'll get your granddad and all that. Don't worry about it. Sit there." The next thing, the lesbian lines all walked to the dressing room to go back onto the park again. Billy McNeil, and they were all rubbing my head, and and the last one to walk out was Big Jock, and he, he's like. What's what's up? And he's like, oh, he's, you'll be fine, son. You'll be fine. Rubbing my head. So I was I was over the minute. You know, that was all my heroes. Those the lines, and I've and they put an announcement out with the grandfather of Steve, Matt, me, Stephen Martin. Please come and pick him up after the game. So I was over the moon. Opened these doors. I goes out. My granddad's standing. I'm like, granddad, you never guess who I met. And he just came out quite round the ear. He's like, you'll be back to another game with me. I told you not to move. So that was that. And he stood by his word. He never took me to another game for months and months. And my father, God rest him, he, he wasn't much a, a football man, but he used to take me anyway, just so that I wouldn't miss out. Uh, and talking about the memorabilia guys have got there, I'm in St Andrew's Hospice. I'm an outpatient with cancer. Uh, and we had one of these guys a few months ago came to the, the hospice. And every Tuesday we have it's called a well-being group. It's people with life women and illnesses. Dementia as well. Uh, and we meet up every Tuesday. Our group was a Tuesday. And we have different activities on people coming to talk about different things that affect us as patients and to try and help us, you know, cope with, with living with our disabilities. And this guy showed up in his big bag of 40s. 
and it was brilliant because there was ladies, a lot of ladies there, a lot of men there, guys that were quiet, guys like myself were like a natter, and they brought out all these forties, and honestly, forties for the forties, the fifties, the sixties, all the way up, and it was like, and he was telling me stories, and do you know who this is, and do you know, and we were all talking away, and as Hugh was talking about all the memories about going to the games, all start flooding back, and everybody was talking about, or oh, you remember you used to do this, getting lifts over at the game, and when you were older, you used to lift people over over the turnstiles. It was just brilliant, and it's you know they really do make a big difference to, to people that have these sort of illnesses that they can then sort of interact and they feel that they can take part in things that they're not shut off. Mm. Uh, they do. They're brilliant. Uh, I just want to say, uh, well done, guys. Keep doing it. Brilliant, thank you very much for taking the time Stephen What a story that is as well It's worked out not too badly in the end You get lost but you get to, to meet all your heroes uh, We'll actually get the guys to uh, explain a little bit about the memory boxes And go through some of the stuff that's in it We'll do that in just a moment or two when we take a breather Quickly on the, the teaser here Ollie, Ollie Gunnar Sorrells No oh. Fraser uh, Didier Drogba Yes Dwight York Yes Robin Van Persie Yes, you're flying <laughs> Four to go Five to go I think, five uh, Four to go. We'll get. I'll tell you what. We'll get them next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Fraser Wishup here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're still joined. We've not scared them off, which is great. Graham and Robert from Football Memories Scotland. And let me tell you, the response to tonight's show has been. Humbling because it's been a really great trip down memory lane The guys are doing wonderful things at Football Memory Scotland Working with people who suffer with dementia Taking them on a trip down memory lane With different photos and, and different pieces of football memorabilia And explaining to us the difference that it makes Some great stuff coming in on Twitter uh, My girl says I'm a nurse I've been taking people to Rangers Memories Group since 2015 The effect is great Sometimes just an advert in a programme Can spark a memory like a sweet they used to eat It's a great group And I feel privileged to be a part of it Says my girl on Twitter And Alex McLeish I, I don't think it's that one For what it's worth But anyway he's on Twitter He says uh, My memory The newspapers Green Citizen And the Pink Times With a oh, picture yeah. tucked inside them Yeah, I, I used to stand With the, the paper shop At Partick Cross And the papers would be delivered The van would come Screeching to a halt They'd throw the batch of papers Into the shop And as soon as they could get them Unraveled People were buying them Flying off the shelves And the, the great Writers of my boyhood in the, in the times Malky Monroe And people like that You know the Guys of my age Will remember who Malky Monroe was But Glorious times He didn't even get the final result in it But that wasn't important <laughs> We're going to get the guys To explain a bit more About their, their memories box And some of the other uh, Pieces of equipment They use But let's take another call now I'm pleased to say We're joined on the line by A man who goes by the name On social media of The Football Barber which is quite a niche title, Martin. I'm sure you'll agree. So just explain to us uh, what you do in your role as the football barber. Uh, hi there. Um, so I deliver a mobile pop-up barbering service in care homes um, to gentlemen who predominantly have dementia. So a lot of the guys are physically disenfranchised and are incapable of accessing a barber shop. <clears throat> so I take the experience to them while affording them the opportunity to sort of take a trip down memory lane and incorporating the system that's used by football memories. So using programmes, old memorabilia, 
um, specific songs and playlists and various different um, artefacts to jog memories and sort of provide a better service, if you like, um, to, to the guys. Yeah, I like that. And listen, this is not for me to talk down any of the hard-working barbers or hairdressers out there, but it's a bit different from the, are you going anywhere nice this year? <laughs> what have you been up to? So you know, there's a, there's a, a purpose holidays behind, <laughs> uh, behind the conversation. Martin, what type of things... Do you discuss and what impact have you seen it have on on people whose hair that, that you're cutting? Maybe some examples that I don't want you or, or expect you to name names or anything, but maybe just some yeah. examples of the difference it can make. Well, it makes a massive difference. Um, I was quite conscious doing research. I, I worked in care, so um, I looked to do something somewhat different. So I specifically went to college to learn to be a barber, and um, so so the idea was very much to establish and set this up because it just didn't exist um, a lot of the guys in care homes struggle with things like peer association getting to know other guys and they're losing that sort of social mobility and just, just enjoying a, a conversation so I thought I could do something a wee bit different and that's been the case so I try and make it as person centred as I can with each individual um, so where possible when the individuals support a football club I'll go and source programmes specific to that club, that, that era when they were playing um, when they were watching the matches and so on so there's been I've been asked this a few times and there's been numerous instances where it's made a really pivotal difference. One gentleman in a care home in Edinburgh was a Falkirk fan. So he had actually told me that he'd actually played for Falkirk. So I managed to source the, the programme in a match that he'd played against Hibs. Um, so for him to be able to sort of look at that and be able to reminisce about players he played with, players he played against, um, it was massive for him. So it reduced him to tears, but it was quite nice it, Nice for his family as well And a lot of the guys There's some individuals That maybe struggled To just very verbal Communication They were maybe lacking A wee bit of confidence And want to talk about Certain things Because a lot of the times In care homes specifically Not that it's deliberate But there is a sort of Feminisation I feel like Of care homes And that's purely Just because of The the ratio and the balance Of residents So going in Being able to deliver Sort of gentlemen's clubs And affording the guys The time And, and a bit of sort of Male camaraderie Has been huge Getting the guys to have a sing song. Um, we do different songs that are specific, so all the way through sort of Ali's Army and things like that, right through to songs I might have sang at Hogmanay, like Road and Miles to Dundee and things like that. So um, it boosts the guys' confidence, which is which is great. It gives them something to really look forward to. And in the time when they're there, <clears throat> it certainly seems, according to themselves, the staff and their families, that. Uh, affords them so yeah, just a chance to just get away from the prison that yeah. is dementia and and just be able to enjoy themselves in in that moment. Martin, really, really brilliant to hear some of the work you're doing. Keep up the good work. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, great to hear of the impact that that Martin and other guys like him are making. Now, key to this is the different types of memories. Graham, we've got photos. We've mentioned some uh, some of the other things, and I've I've got the football memories box behind me. Um, I, I'll I'll try and describe because. I don't know what some of them are Because I'm of a certain age uh, I can certainly spot some uh, An old jar of Bovril In there We still, yeah. we still eat that That's fine uh, We've got football boots That I must admit Look absolutely nothing Like the ones I wear We've got a football Which looks absolutely nothing Like the ones I kick It's got the big leather lace um, I can't imagine getting that Whacked into your thigh On a cold January morning Would be I'm, much fun I'm going to describe One other thing that's in there Because you might not be familiar With the term I know where you're going with this It's a rickety Yep uh-huh. <laughs> You Spun it around It's a wooden construction You spun it around and it, Go on Fraser Hand him uh, it Hand him it And old, he, 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 old, he can do it live on air yeah. This will be a first For Clyde One Super <laughs> Scoreboard I'm sure Go on Fraser Go on Fraser
Macaroon bars, spearmint chewing gum. Yes. What, what else is in the box? Anything I've missed? There's carbolic soap. Soap. soaps in there. Uh, there's old Scotland shirts, Tartan Tarmy, the old bits you mentioned. Uh, uh, there's Bovril, lemon oil, all, all these blow football, the old blow footballs in there as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about the, the, the boots, they, those boots are solid. If you look at the toes, it's uh, it's uh, wooden wooden screws and it wasn't a cobbler they used in the old days. It was a joiner no. to change your studs. Wow. Uh, and all the old guys will tell you that inside the sole, it's so thin that the studs used to come through nah. all the time uh, on their feet. Especially when someone mentioned earlier on they're playing in black ash mm-hmm. or red ash or something. That's that's the, the way life was you, for them. You'd have hammered it in, Hugh, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised to see my wedding photo in there. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham, I can't believe we're already drawn to a close. I think we could stay here until midnight quite easily. The, the response has been incredible. We'll, we'll have to do it again sometime. So just to, to try and round off, Graham... Explain to us from from your perspective just how rewarding it is. It's when you come out of a session, one of the first ones I did, and I sat a one-to-one this guy, and he went away, he says, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And that maybe been only over of a week that this person spoke to NMD. And that's the satisfaction you get that you have spent an hour and he has enjoyed it. And you come out of other sessions and if you, as I said earlier, if you get a smile off of somebody's face and we, there was a few people said earlier, they don't talk, but you get a response off them and you know that we're doing something right. And that's, that's the great bit about it. Brilliant, really, really brilliant I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you guys And if anyone wants to, to get involved or, or donate anything to the memory box Anything at all, get in touch We'll put you in touch with the guys uh, Really heartfelt thank you from the gentlemen Just quickly, you need to round off this teaser Robbie Keane No oh. Hazard, Lukaku, Lukaku, Silver. yes Three to get Struggle. Two former Arsenal strikers in there One also played with Man City Which is quite key to one of his memorable moments when he ran the full length of the pitch to remind his former fans oh. of a goal. Oh, yes, uh, Adebayor. Yes. What about a young Frenchman brought over by his countryman, Nicholas and yes. Elka. And will we just cut to the chase and put you out your misery with the last one? Yes. Because we could be we could be here until midnight. Initials, first. One name, one word. Oh, one word. Begins with Y. I mean, he has another name, but this is how he was generally known. Yaya. Yakubu. You were close Thank you. Thank you very much to Hugh and Fraser I hope you don't mind I know you won't mind Me reserving our biggest thanks tonight To Graham and Robert From Football Memories Scotland It has been incredible to listen to you You do such fantastic work On behalf of everyone associated with the show Thank you very much for joining us Keep up that good work We'll be back tomorrow night at 6 o'clock Gordon and Roger will be here And Stephen Mills up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.